Good morning, everybody. Family together. Let's stand. We're going to start with a glorious day. Running out of that grave. Shelter. I wasn't old. 
is all that I know. What a great line from that song. We are free. Let us sing about it. When darkness, when darkness tries to roll over my bones, and sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. Yes. Brokenness and pain is all I Sing about it. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. He's talking about abiding in Him. Just abide in Him. Let's rest. Shame no longer has a place to hide. Shame no longer has a place to hide. That's right. We're free. I am not captive to lies. Oh, yes. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. That's right. I won't be shaken. Sing it with us. I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance.
We worship you this morning. So thankful for your presence here in this place. Lord, we just stand in your presence. We stand in your love. And we sing unified with the angels right now, singing holy, holy, holy. This is the Lord God Almighty, the one who was and is and is to come, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, we are here to bring you glory. Worthy is your name, Jesus.
want to invite you to be seated if you can. Father, 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 Lord, we honor you, we worship you, we're before you as your beloved sons and daughters. And we're before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and yet you say, come into my presence. And you don't tell us to crawl, you don't tell us to beg, you don't tell us to grovel, you tell us to walk in before the throne that you sit on that is made entirely of grace. And you say, come in upright because I've made you righteous. I've made you right. You didn't behave right. You didn't act right. But I made you right. You're righteous because I declare you so. And so, Father, that is the heart with which we come. With great humility, but also with great confidence in your love for us. So we are before you today, and we are so grateful for the privilege of worship and the privilege of celebration. We honor you. We honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, can we just give the Lord a great clap and shout? Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. My goodness. You know what will happen if we don't cry out? Those boulders out there, they'll start to scream and it'll freak everybody out. So we better, we better give up a good shout because we don't want the rocks to out shout us, right? Amen. Hey, great to see everybody. My name is Jimmy Pruitt and lead pastor here at The Bridge. Welcome to a little slice of heaven on earth. I mean, it's just, there's like an open, open heaven here. And we're just so thankful that you're here. This morning in the first service, I found myself getting really overwhelmed with emotion because the Lord, every once in a while, he removes the little lenses, you know, the little yeah. things that cover us. And you get a glimpse into what he sees. I don't know if it's ever happened to you before. If you want a really crazy experience, just ask the Lord, Lord, let me see what you see and just brace yourself. And uh, sometimes it's scary and sometimes it's amazing. And it was like I just saw the beauty of the body of Christ as I looked out upon the faces. And I see it again as you're here in the building, you're here in the house. And you know, it's wonderful to be the church scattered, right? I mean, I'm driving down the road worshiping the Lord. Um, I'm in my shower giving it all I've got. woo You know, it sounds better in the shower. Everything sounds better and covers a multitude of sins of my singing. And so, I, you know, I celebrate Jesus everywhere, but I honestly believe, I feel like that. I've told, from the minute we started dating going to church, that's it. we're nerdy that way. I mean, we went to Saturday night church to date, and then we did church on Sunday. We're just we're church nerds. We love it. And uh, so when I'm here, I just I feel complete and whole, and like yeah, this is what we're designed for. We're designed for worship. Amen. Amen. So speaking of that, let me just blow the top off of the mystery. I've had multiple people come up and go, man, Jimmy, you must be really proud of your guitar because you hang it out here in the hallway for everybody to see. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, let me clarify that. And so uh, I'm not going to give away the name yet of who did it, but I, I want to say something. I got a call a while back that somebody said, man, I, I, I want to build a, a guitar for the church. That's my offering, my artwork, my worship. And I said, you are a man after my own heart. I'm just telling you. <laughs> and because and, there's artistry in everything. And, and he had been 
learning how to build guitars. And he said, so what's your dream guitar? What would you do? So I specced it out, and I don't know, six months or so went by, and he delivered this incredible piece of work. And on the back of it, another one of our folks did all the artwork on it. And it really, it's just everything about that guitar has meaning on it and, and has love poured into that project. And so when you walk by, just don't go, ooh, Jimmy's pretty proud of his guitars. I mean, he's hanging them up. And look at it and say, wow, there's art in everything. There's beauty in everything. And this is this individual's opportunity to express his love for the Lord through his art, through hand-building a guitar. So... Stop, look, oogle, don't drool on the glass, I'll have to clean it later. So, but, but really, just, you know, I love the fact that our people have this passion to worship God in all these varied ways, don't you? Isn't that beautiful? And then right across from, hall to that, from the hall from that, you'll see an incredible painting that was done by one of our own of a bridge that was inspired by the church and the name. And and so, yeah, so that hallway could become, you never know, just a gallery in itself. Amen? So isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Love it. Love it. So mystery debunked, all right? So you know, you know what that is. That's not just me showing the guitar off. So it's not mine. It's the church's. So anyway. So again, welcome to the bridge. And uh, if you're online and watching with us, um, thank you for joining us today. And I want to encourage you that you are no less a part of what's happening here just because you're comfortable in your PJs with your own dog and your coffee. We're not going to be upset about that at all. We're, we consider you a part of who we are and what we are. And thanks for joining us online. And if you are online on Facebook, help us out by letting us know where you're from by typing in, hey, we're watching from Colorado, whatever. Just let us know where you're from. We love seeing it. It's a huge encouragement to us to kind of see where folks are from. So do, do say something. Say hi, say hello, whatever. But uh, we love you. Thanks for joining us. We want you to be blessed. And we believe that the atmosphere that's in this house is going right through the World Wide Web, right into your living room or wherever you're watching. So bless you and thank you. Also, I want to let you know that uh, if you have any prayer requests, prayer needs, you can write in at info at bridge FBG, especially for you online, info at bridgefbg.com and send us your prayer requests. We're very discreet with names and we don't release names in a prayer request unless you ask us to do so and get permission for that. For those of you that are here with us right now in person, right there at the connection, uh, the connect center right outside the door, there's cards laid there and you can fill out a prayer card and put it in any of the black boxes that you see at the exits. You can just drop it in there and we'll get that to our prayer team. We'll pray for it. And then for those of you that are guests, Welcome to the bridge. You'll notice we're not exactly social distancing here because we have an overflow. <laughs> Amen. Me too, brother. But over here next door, we have an opportunity. We have a screen in there. The doors are up. There's comfortable seating over there. I'm a little concerned people are going to like it too much over there because it's really comfortable and cool. But, uh, but you can actually, if you feel more comfortable with that, absolutely feel free to use that and utilize it. And so in light of that, uh, we just opened it up. It's time to, you know, go back to whatever, not even go back, go forward to new normals, amen, and celebrate. So praise God. Thank you for being here. Now, if you are a first-time guest, could we welcome our first-time guest? <laughs> amen. Thanks for being here, and do invite your friends. Tell them that uh, the church never closed, but we are regathering in full strength. So do come out and celebrate with us. So 
also in spirit of regathering, a lot of our churches locally in our own community are regathering this weekend and the next two. And so we want to continue to pray for them. You'll notice on your screen that we're praying for the body of Christ throughout the hill country as they regather. Because there's a lot of moving parts that go into this that you guys never see or don't need to know about. But it's not just like, hey, open the doors, we're good to go. So there's a lot of things we have to do to make it work. So can we pray for the churches? Father, in the name of Jesus... And for you, those of you online, pray for your own community. If you're somewhere else, pray for the churches in your community. Father, our heart is to really be the cheerleader, the, the one that's leading the charge for all of the churches in our area. We bless them and speak life over them. And, and Lord, we, we declare blessing over them as they regather. They never close. So there's no reopenings. As they regather together to celebrate you as the church gathered as opposed to the church scattered. And we bless them. We speak life over them, Lord. I, my prayer, my heart is that as all of us regather, we'll be shocked and surprised at the new faces that are in our congregations, Lord, because we've learned some things through this, Lord. You've, our eyes have been turned heavenward. We're looking to you for help. We need help. We need the helper. And so, Lord, as we regather, I'm asking for a release of grace and revival, a spirit of revival, spirit of celebration, spirit of spiritual awakening, Lord, that we would be celebrating and never again take this for granted. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the churches that are regathering. Bless and encourage them. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. Now, as we turn our hearts towards generosity, I want to say thank you to all of you for being so faithful. And just so you know, and, and, and if you were wondering, how's the church doing through this? Interesting enough, our, our actual giving has accelerated. We went up through this down period. So while the world's tanking, the church is thriving. Let me tell you something. That's the kingdom of God at work, and that is as it should be. Here's the beauty, though. I didn't know if that was an anomaly with us, but every pastor I've talked to has said the same thing. They said their churches have accelerated. Amen. And they're also celebrating the fact that their online presence is just like blown up. They're now reaching more people and impacting, influencing more people than they ever did before because now that is a new landscape. That's a new mission field for all of us. So, so God is good. You're good. You're amazing. And I'm thankful that it's happening across the body of Christ. As we give today, a couple of opportunities. One, you can go online bridgefbg.com. There's a giving portal on there. It's right at the top of the right hand of, of the landing page there. It just says giving. You can give there. And many of you are doing that. Now, I know this is going to disappoint some people, but we're not passing the plate in here anymore. That was sarcasm. Big time. We have been delivered. We're like, we've come out of the exodus of passing the plate, so I'm super happy about that. Never been a fan for 30-something years I've been a Christian. And so, uh, so what we did, we, we mounted boxes there, and you can, those are locked boxes. So feel free to, during this next song, as we worship, and listen, we've got a new song for you. We're going to celebrate. I don't know if you're going to have fun, but we are. I'm just saying. We're going to have a good time with this. We want you to join in with us. And you can just take your, if you have your offering with you, you can take it over to any of the boxes. There's envelopes there if you need them, but if not, just drop it in there and uh, dance back to your seat. And let's celebrate Jesus. Amen? Amen. So I want to pray, but I'm going to mount up before I pray because I think I helped kick this thing off, so I better, better have this thing ready to go. Let's pray together. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet. Let's get ready to celebrate. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so thankful for your goodness, and we are thankful for your grace. Ah, your mercy is everlasting. It endures to all generations. Father, as we are before you as sons and daughters, I'm thankful that your generosity toward us is lavish. It's extravagant. You literally gave the best you had when you gave Jesus. Wow. You gave the best you had. So, Father, our heart is to return. And out of a heart of love and gratitude, we give, we sow, we believe. And for the ministries that we support, Father, we bless them and speak life over them. And we thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege, Lord, of sowing into them. Thank you that we have the privilege of not just giving to the church, but giving literally through the church to make a difference and an impact. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. Amen. Let's have some fun.
church now. Amen. Please be seated, would you? So we missed you last weekend. I'm just going to say we were at our home away from home in the Nashville area, and we had the privilege of participating and witnessing something that was a mind blower to us. Now, if you're a granddaddy, you'll get this. We got to see our oldest granddaughter get married, which, bad pun here, conceivably, I could be a great grandfather in a couple of years. Some of you are looking at me like you are way too young to be a great granddaddy. And I agree, and I love you for that, for even thinking that. We had a wonderful time, a sweet time, and, and we actually witnessed kind of a, I don't know if it's a small miracle, I think, to Caitlin, our, our granddaughter, is a major miracle, but 20 minutes before the outdoor wedding with no plan B, there was a deluge, 90% rain, and it rained. People were scrambling, getting things inside, and everybody's getting wet, and we were huddling under these little couple little tent things, little covered things, and uh, and it, just the panic was sad. And I, I saw Jeremiah, who she married, and I just saw the look on his face. He was like, "Oh man!" And literally in ten minutes, the, it was like a faucet was turned off, 
And I actually have pictures. The sky began to open up, and there was a rainbow up in the sky. How awesome is that for your wedding? Rainbow, and then it never rained again until we were done. And then it rained later that night as we were driving off. It was a beautiful time. So we stayed in, in, uh, in the Cool Springs area there in Nashville off of 65 and stayed in a hotel there. And, and um, we, we were going up the elevator. Annette and I, we took some time to breathe a little bit. It was nice getting away and revisit and reconnect with friends. And, and so we get in the elevator. We just got back from the gym. So we're like all sweat and she's all swole up, you know. She's, you know, bodybuilder and so we're, and we get in, the, and there's this one guy on the elevator, and he's a very small guy, a very small man, a little bit older than me, and I think everybody's older than me, but anyway, you know, how many of you know you still feel 17, but your body doesn't cooperate? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, it's kind of me, but so, so we get on the elevator, and, uh, and, and he has this beautiful cross on, and, and I said something to him that I've said to dozens of people over the years. In fact, a guy checked me up one time. I had a, man, it's like a What Would Jesus Do t-shirt on. Remember that? I think, and I was, you know, I was 20 years old, brand new Christian. And this biker dude walks up to me. He goes, you really believe that stuff? And I had a moment of truth where I had an opportunity to either turn and run <laughs> and go, oh, no, no, this isn't, well, I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? Or I could say, yes, sir, I do. And boy, as, as much as of a chest as I had at 20 years, I tried to muster it up and I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, me too. I was just checking you up. <laughs> he gave me a hug. Biker dude. <laughs> Big old guy. And so we were brothers. He was just messing with me. And he, was, he said, I do that to people just to, I just like to check Christians. And I said, man, I love that. So I unfortunately adopted that. And to Annette's horror, more than once in our life, I have saw people with a bracelet on or a t-shirt or whatever, and I'll just casually go, so you really believe that stuff? And that's just like a thousand deaths, you know. So we're on the elevator. Somebody say, uh-oh. We're on the elevator. This is even badder. This is way worse than uh-oh. This is like, oh, how could you? We're on the elevator. I noticed this guy's pretty cross. Hey, man, that's a nice cross. I bet Annette's going, no, no, don't, don't. And I said, I said, uh, you really believe that stuff? And the look on that man's face, it was sheer horror. And any other given situation, given time, that would have been a quick, oh, no, I'm so, me too, brother. But he was African-American. And all he knew was two white people had him cornered in an elevator I'm not that big, but I was bigger than him. And I think in his mind, he thought, oh, man. And my first thought was, oh, I can't believe I just, bad timing, bad situation. Second thought was, this is not the world I grew up in. Things are changing. Where I have to tiptoe with what I say. And what I could say in just a normal joking casual fun way now could be deemed a hate crime and so I uh, my third thought was Annette is going to kill me when we get off this elevator and while we were there she ran to my rescue as quickly as possible because after an awkward moment of silence she said he's a pastor he's a pastor (laughs) nice try babe it was too late 
I said, yeah, yeah, I'm just messing with you. And, and he's still, he, you could tell his adrenaline just shot because he couldn't relax. He was just, boy, as soon as we got to that floor, he was off. Hey, have a good day. And uh, I'm dreading the next few moments because my wife, when she needs to lower the boom, I'm just telling you, she's one of the best. And uh, we get off the elevator, and she's like, I cannot believe. And I said, just stop. Because I was walking down the hall with a flog just beating myself all the way down the hall. The realization is this, is that it is not the same world that we grew up in. Amen? Things are changing. And what you said in a casual moment, which could have been a nice little laugh or even a, hey, brother, is now we have to be careful. I think the realization of that hit me hard. I mean, I've been watching this stuff on the news, just like everybody else, and it's like, eh, eh, you know, it's frustrating and all that. But the reality of it, when something I would normally say to somebody, we kind of get a laugh out of it and end up having a brother, having church moment, turned into uh, you know, an opportunity for tremendous offense. Got back to the room, and, and, and uh, you know, Annette was getting ready, and I just had a few moments. I just kind of sat down, put, put the flog down, I said, okay, Lord, I, I feel horrible about what I just did. And I said to him, this came out of my mouth, I said, I need help. And I prayed, I said, Lord, I need help navigating this new landscape we're in. I need help. Because I'm a simple man. I'm a simple hybrid country boy. Grew up in West Texas and the things I could say five, ten years ago and nobody would think anything about it is now we have to watch. We have to be careful. And I can either get really upset about that or I can go, okay, I want to grow. I, I want to be the person that's ever learning and ever growing. I want to be like a wineskin, a new wineskin that's still pliable, that can take expansion and growth. That's what Jesus was referring to when he talked about the wineskins. He said... You put new wine into new wineskins because new wine expands and, and they can take the expansion, the fermentation. But you can't put new wine into old wineskins lest they burst because they become brittle. They're no longer pliable. I don't want to be like an, just because I'm getting older doesn't mean I have to become an old wineskin. And so I, I just, I, right there I had a moment. And you know, the Lord was so quick to love me and, and say, put, put your flog down, put your baseball bat down, lighten up on yourself, learn from this. And I said, Lord, I need help. And it came back almost instantly. He said, you have the helper. You have the helper. And that just reminded me of what is needed most, W-I-N-N, what is needed now. And I actually titled the message today, What is Needed Now? And then last night as I was sharing it, I actually said, wait a minute. That's good, but really there's more important way to say it. A better way, and the better way to say it is, who is needed now? And to sound very simplistic and go back to my old school Baptist roots, let me tell you what we need right now and who we need. We need Jesus smack dab in the middle of everything that we've thrown him out of. 
We have marginalized the gospel. We've marginalized Jesus. We've moved him out of places. We, the church, have sat back and let culture take ground. And we've got to get Jesus back in the middle of this. Amen? Amen. Well, there was my Baptist moment. So the Lord was so kind to me. And it, 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 it set me on a, on a course of thinking and praying. And all week. And so I want to share something with you. And this is really interesting because Linda was here in our first service. Note for you, those of you who don't know Linda, she's a therapist. But a beautiful thing is also she's Jewish. And she is a Messianic Jew. She's born again and knows her Messiah. And so with her sitting in the first service, it was really fun teaching on this. What I want to share with you, A, what is needed now? That's the what. But who is needed now? And let me tell you who is needed right now. Who is needed is the helper. Amen. I don't think there's anyone here who would say, I really don't need help. I've got, I'm really, I've got it all figured out. In fact, if y'all need anything, just come see me after this. I doubt anyone in here would have the audacity to even believe that. And if you do believe that, you need more help than any of us. Amen. <laughs> So I think we're all in the same boat together. So let's learn today, and let's find out a little bit more about this who, this helper that Jesus introduced us to. Now, two weeks ago, I did a message on Pentecost Sunday, which was a really neat thing for me because I'd never, I was never in a tradition that celebrated Pentecost. Now, I've been in churches that celebrated Pentecost every day, and every Sunday was Pentecost. But I'm, I'm talking in terms of you know, on the calendar and actually giving attention to it. So we did this year, and that was my first, that was a breakthrough for me. I loved it. And I taught on Acts chapter 1 and 2, where the Holy Spirit was released onto, get this, the Jewish believers, the Jewish followers of Christ. Now, what's interesting is that we who are not Jewish, but are considered Gentiles, have said, oh, Pentecost is awesome. It's when the Holy Spirit was poured out on us. No, not for you and me. To the Jew first and then the Greek. So interesting enough, many years I was reading and studying, and I kept coming back to Acts chapter 10, where a Roman soldier, a Roman centurion, very highly regarded. In fact, they were very wealthy, and they were, they were known in their community. But a Roman centurion living in Israel up in the northern kingdom, when, when he was introduced to me in Acts chapter 10, and I found out that he actually was who Jesus, who God released the Holy Spirit through for the Gentiles. In other words, our Pentecost, unless you're Jewish, our Pentecost is not Acts chapter 2. Our Pentecost is Acts chapter 10. And that is when the Holy Spirit was released and we now had a clear path to God. And it was you and a man who was a Roman soldier, an enemy of the state, was actually used to usher in and facilitate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for us. So I don't know if we need to have a Cornelius Sunday or what, but ours is... That And so I want to share that with you because it's really important that you understand, first of all, who is needed. We need help, and there's a helper. But also you need to understand our history and our heritage in this. So when you lean into this, you can now celebrate the goodness of God that he poured out his spirit, not only on the Jewish folks, but on the Gentiles as well. 
So it was beautiful having Linda in the service because I also had to check myself because I was like, how do I navigate that? It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. So let's start right here. We're going to talk about Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, and I'm going to give some backdrop as we go. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Anybody ready? No, that wasn't good enough. Anybody ready? One more time. Is anybody ready for the word? Much better. I can go on that. Ready? Verse 1. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. The Italian cohort was a number of thousand. So he was in a part of this thousand, and yet he was a leader over a hundred. So he is a high rank, high capacity leader, sharp. These guys were the best of the best, cream of the crop. That was Cornelius. Now listen, we get a little clue into who he was. He was a devout man, verse 2, who feared God and all his, with all of his household. He gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. So here's the deal. He was not Jewish, nor was he a Judaizer. In other words, he had not embraced the law. He was not under the law of Moses. He wasn't a practicing proselyte. In other words, a Gentile who had embraced Judaism. He was actually one that's known as a God-fearer. They're sort of in the middle ground where they don't buy into all the ritual and all, but they do fear God, believe in God, love God, but they yet have not had a clear path to God. And oh, is it about to get rich for Cornelius. He's a devout man, feared God in all his house, gave alms. That means he gave to the poor. He was generous. And the Bible says, and I'm not going to read it for lack of time, but the Bible says that God remembered him. God saw him and remembered him and thought, this, this is one. This is one. You have to understand, the Gentiles coming into faith was never a plan B. It was always in the heart of God. From the beginning, the whole world, all generations. So, But there was a lot that had to happen before that door got cracked open for you and me. Why is this important? Because had this not have happened, none of us would be sitting here. And we'd be wondering about those Jewish people and their God over there. In fact, I have a feeling none of us would be here, period, had this not have happened. So this is critical to our history. Listen to what happens. And uh, so, so... Sorry about, I socked you out, Jason. You're so good. But here's the deal. Something happens in this context. Cornelius, God remembers him, and now God has an assignment for him. So, crazy thing, Cornelius has sent an angel, okay? This is amazing. Gets, this gets Hollywood on steroids drama real quick. An angel shows up to Cornelius and says, I want you to take some men and send them up to Joppa, and they're going to find a guy named Peter. Tell him to come back with you. So Cornelius, being a God-fearer, now he's seen an angel. He's like, oh, I got an order from God. He does it. And while they're on their way, Peter is in Joppa on the roof of a house, a rooftop. And as he's up there, he has a vision. In this vision, this strange thing happens. This sheet, picture a big sheet, a massive sheet, is lowered from heaven. Remember, it's a vision. And it's lowered from heaven, and it's full of every unclean thing that Peter has ever been taught through the law that he should never touch or go near or partake of. Everything nasty, dirty, unclean is in there, and it's repulsive to him. 
And God says, arise, Peter, and eat. And he's like, whoa, no, Lord. See, I've been a good Jewish. He forgot who he was in Christ already. I've been a good Jewish. He's, like, he's trying to hang on to the past, his Jewish heritage, and yet he's now in Christ, and God's about to blow his ever-loving mind. He says, arise, eat. No, I'll, I will not do it. And God rebukes Peter, and he says, do not call unclean what I call clean. You know what that goes for as well? Remember back on Pentecost Sunday, we did Acts 1-5, Acts 1-8. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. And what's the third one? Samaria. Samaria. That's where those dirty, nasty, unclean Gentiles live. They would actually try to get around Samaria if they ever went up to the northern kingdom because they didn't even want to set foot through that place because of those nasty people. And Jesus himself blows the door off that and says, you're going to take the gospel not only to Jerusalem, not only to your area of Judea, but now you're going to take it up to those dirty, rotten Gentiles up in Samaria, Samaritans. You're going to take the gospel there. And then to the uttermost parts of the earth. God, Jesus had already cracked the door on this thing. So now... A Gentile, a dirty Gentile, is being used. So he sends his guys. Peter sees all this, and God says, what I call clean, don't call unclean. Peter's rebuked, and it changes everything. And you have to understand how deep the heritage of the Jewish faith was in him. And now he's being told, you need to forget all that. Yeah, the sheet came up and down. And I'll tell you, that number three is significant. Now... The Lord says, now, while this is happening, he says, by the way, there's some guys coming to get you. Go with them. So Peter in obedience. Cornelius, the Gentile in obedience. Peter, the Jewish Christian in obedience. That comes together. He goes with them. He shows up. While they're coming back, you know what Cornelius, the centurion's doing? He's gathering people to his house. Apparently he had a big house. He's very wealthy. And he packs his house out. They're about to have house church. And he's doing it all in obedience to a vision. And so he does that. He packs the house out. And Peter shows up. And, and Peter begins to do something that's amazing. He preaches the first pure gospel message that he preached in Acts chapter 2, nine plus years earlier. This is now almost a decade has passed. He preaches the same sermon from Acts chapter 2, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now he preaches it to the Gentiles at Cornelius' house. Same message. Guess what? Same impact. Now you can go back to Acts chapter 2 and read all kinds of wild, amazing things that happen. Well, guess what? The Gentiles are now being what Romans chapter 10 and 11 call being grafted into the original vine. The Jewish people were the original. To the Jew first, the Greek or the Gentile second. Now, we. this is good for you and me, by the way. This means that we are now grafted into the original, which means we are inheritors of the covenant, sons and daughters of God. There has now been a way where there was no way. And because of the Holy Spirit being released, look what happens. I'll just read it for you. In um, 1044, while Peter was still saying these things, what? He was preaching. Same message. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Somebody should say, thank you, Jesus. Just say it. Thank you, Jesus. That's good news for you and me, us dirty Gentiles. Sorry, no offense. Verse 45, and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed. So these are Jewish 
that have been led to Christ. They're amazed at what they're seeing because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, even on those dirty Gentiles. Same effect, same message, same impact. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and languages, extolling and praising God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked them to remain for some days. Why? Because there was a party about to happen. The Gentiles had just received the same outpouring that the Jews did, same assignment. And that was to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach Jesus, baptizing them, teaching them what Jesus taught and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. They got the same commission the Jews did. Now, the, the wall, it was so fun seeing Linda there. I said, now, Linda, the wall that was separating us has been broken down. She said, amen. That separation's gone. And here's what I know about a graft. I had the privilege of going down to Mexico on a mission trip, and we helped graft macadamia nut trees. They were grafting one species into another and creating this super, this super tree. And so I got the privilege of learning how to graft. And I remember the guy, the horticulturist, telling us, he said, he told us about a graft. He said, and he was using Romans 10, 11. He said, he said, did you know that a graft done properly after it fully heals and mature is actually stronger than the branch itself? And so he took a, he took a, a he cut off like a, a small one that had been done, like a switch. And it had a graft in it. And he took that and he held it in front of us. And he tried to snap it right where the graft was. And it snapped off to the side. And then he went in and said, you know what? The beauty of that is, is that we who have been grafted into the original tree, we as Gentiles now grafted in to the, all the covenants, all the blessings, all the inheritance, all that God has, he says, will never be broken off. Amen. Ever. Hallelujah. We're secure. And I, we're all going, wow, that was amazing. And I want you to know that what happened here was a grafting in. It will never be broken off. No one can ever take you out of the palm of his hand. You are secure in him. If you have believed, if you've stepped over and received what Jesus has offered, the free gift of eternal life, you are, in, you are secure. And no one can remove you out of his hand. Guess what? You can't remove you out of his hand. And on your worst day, you're loved just as much as on your, on your best. That's how much the Father loves you. And that's what that graft does for you and I. Now, let's talk about this Holy Spirit, this helper that was poured out. Why? Because you need help. How do I know that? Because I need it. Now, I figure if I need it, you need it. We need help. So, John 14, 16, listen to this. Jesus speaking says this to his disciples, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. I've said this before. The word helper means parakletos, or that's what the original word is. It means the one called alongside. What do you do when you're called alongside? To help. The helper. He call, but he's also a comforter, a counselor, an advocate, and all those are accurate words. So he is this. If you need comfort, there's a comforter. If you need counsel, there's a counselor. If you need an advocate, there's an advocate. And if you need help... Come on, somebody. There's a helper. We need help. Now, more than ever, we need his presence. Moses said to God, how audacious is this? If you don't go, don't tell us to go and not go with us. He said, if you don't go, we're not going to go. Unless your presence 
goes with us. And the Lord said, I will go with you. My presence will be with you. And then the audacity of Moses to take it up a notch. Show me your glory. Amen. You see, it's one thing to know that his presence abides with us forever. In fact, uh, look at this. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So we know he dwells in us. He's ours, right? But there's another level. It's one thing to know in your knower. He's with me. But there's another level. It's the glory. The glory. His manifest presence. This is where feelers feel and knowers have to know. There's different kinds of people, right? Have you ever been in an atmosphere where there were a lot of feelers? My gosh, they're getting electrocuted. They're like shaking. They're sweating. They're so full of bliss. And, it, and you're standing over there going, hmm, I don't feel anything. You ever been in that environment? It can be intimidating unless you understand truth. And here's the truth. Feelers feel. It's a gift. It's a grace. God bless them. We need some feelers. Amen? Keep us on our toes. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. We also need knowers who know. Knowers who know trust God's word at his word. And they don't have to feel to know. Knowers just know. So you got feelers that feel. They're, all, they're having a Holy Ghost party. Hallelujah. Let, more power to them. The reason a lot of feelers feel, A, you could say it's their wiring, their personality, or you could say this, they have a history that you know not of. And there may be a reason why they're so wild for God. Because you don't know what they came out of. Be careful lest you judge. Amen? Amen? Get to know somebody's story before you judge their praise. They may be praising if you had the same story, you'd be doing the same. So feelers feel. Knowers know. Knowers, we need knowers too. We need people who will hold us to the scripture. Know the word and say, you know what? If I never feel anything, I will yet praise him. Amen. Though he slay me, yet I will praise him. No matter what happens, I believe because the word says it. And I trust his word and I trust him. And I don't have to feel that to know that. So we need feelers that feel. We need knowers that know. Let me tell you what else we need. We need some knowers that can feel too. That's my category. I'm a knower who knows, and every once in a while, I feel. It's almost like I sync up with the cloud or something. It's like, God, there it is. It's like the things are part of the sky opens, and it's like, oh, whoa, I feel the presence of God. I don't know if this helps anybody. That's not all the time. Right. Lest you think because I'm a pastor, I just dwell in the presence. Ooh, a float in a glory cloud. I don't. I wake up in a bad mood, just ask Annette. Before I have my coffee, don't even talk to me. And her doubly, more so. I mean, I'm like bringing coffee on a pillow to her. Here, have your coffee, please. So, I mean, we, we laugh about it because just, we're just human. We're real. We don't, we don't have a hot phone, a red line to God. There's no red phone. The same way you approach him is the same way we approach him. We just happen to be in the lane we're in. It doesn't make us different. So I want to encourage you with this. Because sitting right here, we have feelers who feel, knowers who know, and knowers who sometimes feel. And we also have feelers who know. They know, they trust. And this is the beauty of the diversity of the body of Christ. I love our church because we are multi-generational. I mean, we've got gray hairs, no hairs, 
blonde hair. <laughs> and then you got me. I got a little bit of the whole thing, the whole shebang here, because the beauty of the diversity of the body of Christ is that we've got it all, and that's to be celebrated. Amen? I hope that helps some of you, because I know sometimes we get excited up here. I'm not going to lie. We're playing, we get to play music. I mean, how fun is that? And we get to worship the king. And so if you're a knower who knows and you're watching us going, I don't get it, it's okay. It's okay. Stay on the bus. Don't hop off the bus. Just stay on and ride with us. I think it's important that we say that. John 14, listen to this. These things I've spoken to you while I am still with you, says Jesus, but the Helper, there he is again, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know about you, but my memory may not be what it used to be. I'm just saying. But here's what I do know. If the Helper is with me, He'll bring to my remembrance what I need to know when I need to know it. It's the beauty of having a helper. Now, I have a responsibility to listen when he brings it because he was probably telling me to shut up in the elevator. He was probably going, stop, stop. And I'm just going, oh, that's going to be cute and funny and have a laugh with this precious gentleman. Maybe I wasn't listening. Now, last thing. I want to invite the worship team. We're going, to, we're going to go out with a blessing today. So worship team, you go ahead and make your way up here as I close. In the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, there's a gift list of nine gifts that the Holy Spirit brings. And they're called manifestation gifts because it doesn't mean that they're there all the time. He's there all the time. He has that. But what he releases to us in a manifestation gift is what you need in the moment you need it. Isn't that beautiful? He's got all the equipment, and then when you need it, it's there. And when you're submitted to that, and you're walking with the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit, you can at any time manifest any of these nine gifts. Do you want to know what they are? Are you curious? I'll read them to you. Listen to this. I'll start in verse 7, Jason. I'm going to pick it up. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. <laughs> They're not for you. They're for everybody else. That's really important. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. There's two gifts right there. To another, faith. There's another one by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, notice the pattern here. This is all random. This is going out to different people. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one, listen to this, individually as he wills. Hello. As he wills. Not as we will, right? He wills. So I believe this. I'm going to end with this. There are three of these gifts that I think, when I talk about what is needed now, we talked about who's needed. We need the helper. What is needed now are these three gifts. I've prayed about this, I've leaned into this, and I'm asking the Lord to manifest these to me right now. The first one is the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge means that you suddenly have knowledge of something you didn't have previously and no one told you. Has that ever happened to you before? You ever been in an environment where you knew something that you didn't know before, and you're like, maybe even out loud, you said, where did that come from? 
You say something that's amazing, you're like, whoa, where, where did that come from? Did somebody write that down, please? I, I, don't, I don't know where that came from. It's a word of knowledge being manifested to you because you needed it in the moment. The second thing we need is a word of wisdom. Because knowledge without wisdom is dangerous. That's like giving a seven-year-old an Uzi and go, hey, go play, go have fun, don't shoot anybody. No, no, no. We, we need wisdom to channel and help us with knowledge, right? Wisdom is the gel cap over castor oil. It goes a lot better. Truth and knowledge go a lot better when there's wisdom. It's the capsule. Now, the third thing that we need, I'm talking about to navigate this crazy landscape we're in right now with the George Floyd issue, with the COVID issue, and, and who knows what crisis of the week is coming, right? So we need wisdom in this, knowledge in this. But the third thing we need, and I want to clarify it because it's really important, I hear people say this all the time, followers of Jesus. Uh, yeah, I discern this, and I discern that, and I discern this, and I've discerned that, and I've discerned that. I've got a spiritual gift of discernment. And I'm like, that's not what that says. Discernment is not a spiritual gift. But the discerning of spirits is. And that is a critical distinction. Why is this important? And why do we need this right now? So let me define that super quickly in a very real-world way. Somebody is standing in your face, and they're raging in your face. Now, you can go old school on them, B.C., before Christ, on them, and you know, take care of business. They're in your face. They're raging at you. But when you operate in the discerning of spirits, you actually see beyond the person standing there to what is driving them from behind. You see the spirit that is behind that. And you know what that does for you? It gives you the ability to love the unlovable. It gives you the ability to see beyond what is apparent and obvious in the moment to what is really going on. And it turns your contempt into compassion. Listen. I've been enraged as much as anybody as I watch looting and criminal activity in the name of protest. It makes me angry, and I quickly have to submit my heart to the Spirit. Or I'll, I'll go all kick the TV in. I mean, it just frustrates me. So I have to say, Lord, what is behind this? What is going on? What is the real story? What's the bigger story? Because we get so caught up in the fruit that we miss the root that's driving things. And so we live in, in Fruitville, like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. Oh, this is, and we're dealing with the fruit all day long when it's the root that is the issue. That's it. That's it. And the discerning of spirits is that which gets you to the root and not just playing around with the fruit and getting mad and offended and upset. And I got to debate. I got to go, oh, somebody on Facebook said, I got to go back at them. And suddenly we just get lured and backed into corners and, now we're fighting. <laughs> this is why we need the discerning of spirits. So that when we see what's really driving something, we can get mad at the spirit that's involved and deal with it because we have authority to do so. And we can love the person that's being manipulated and used and abused by the enemy. Can you imagine looking at people that we've hated and realizing they are being manipulated, used, and abused by the enemy. You know, whenever we hear of a child getting abused, man, we're ready to go all Rambo on them. Right? 
But why don't we go Rambo on the enemy when some human being is being used, abused, and manipulated? We should go Rambo on that spirit, not that person. Yeah, this is heavy, I know. It's a big deal. Because the next few steps we take as individuals who claim the name of Jesus, as people who have platforms, microphones, Matt, you're sitting right back there. Man, I love you so much. You've been given this amazing platform. And we have these opportunities. And you, where you work and where you lead, you're over people. You're over your family. You have such influence. And the steps we take are critical. Critical to our witness. Critical to a world that's watching. They're watching. If you get swept up in the hysteria you know what the Bible calls that? The spirit of the age. There's a spirit behind that. And if you get caught up in that and forget who you are, Peter before God forgot who he was again. But no, I will not touch those unclean things. God just called it clean. He forgot. We need to remember. Amen. Father God, can we just pray? Father, give us grace in this hour to have a ready word, but it's a word of life, a ready word, a word of hope, a ready word, a word that reflects the heart and nature of Christ. I'm not talking being passive. I'm talking about being active and engaged with our world, with the gospel of Jesus Christ, armed with the right weaponry, the armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, our feet shod, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Father, give us the word of knowledge to know what to do what to say, when to say, and when not to. Give us the word of wisdom that tempers our knowledge, that tempers truth into love. And give us, give us the discerning of spirits to see behind those people that are so broken and so deceived and being used as pawns and puppets by the enemy. Give us compassion. Father, we repent of contempt. I repent of contempt for what is happening in our world. Oh, God, we need a fresh filling. We need the helper. We need the helper. As you're right where you are right now, would you just say, Lord, I need you. Would you be honest? I need help. Just say it. I need help. Help me know what to do. Help me know what to say. Give me wisdom. Give me the ability to see beyond what seems to be obvious. Let me see what's behind that. We need you, helper. We need you, Holy Spirit.
as we close, would you stand to your feet? We want to send you out with a blessing. Can we worship our way out of here? As we learn what it means to live above the fray. Amen? Let's worship.
dismissed. God bless you. Pastor Jeffrey is in the prayer room there on your left as you go out. God bless you all.